This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Hello, welcome to the Friday Twilight Show. I'm Maxine, and tonight I'll be talking about the power of positive thinking. Not to be confused with toxic positivity. On this positive theme, I'll be celebrating all that's great about being a teacher, and I'm so pleased to be joined by Marcus at Mr. R Teaches to share his perspective. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org, or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TTRadio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, welcome. It's great to be here on Friday evening again. And thinking about a well-being wind down into the weekend, although many of you will have been on half term this week, um, I wanted to really take a different view this week and really think about positivity. And just being really clear, definitely, definitely not thinking about toxic positivity. And I'll explain a bit more about that. And so pleased. Um, I can see we've got Claire. Claire, you've joined us. Hi, lovely to see you. And we've got Marcus at Mr. R Teaching, who's joined us this evening, who's going to share some of his perspectives about um, positivity and what it means to be a great teacher. So just as a bit of background, there's an enormous amount of research out there that tells us that positive thinking helps us to manage stress and can even improve our health. Equally, there is significant evidence out there showing us that as adults, we tend to display a negativity bias a propensity to really just learn from, focus on all the negative information that's around there. And that that bias has been really helpful over, you know, previous centuries upon centuries and, you know, through evolution, um, highlighting dangers that are out there. It's helped us to, you know, prompt adaptive functions and to stay away from things that are dangerous. That's That's how we've survived as a species, through that negativity bias. So let's not knock it too much. But in the modern world, it is much less helpful. And if we look out there at this sort of negativity bias that's out there, we can definitely see that it drives the focus on the news, that there is more emphasis on on the bad things that happen in the world. And that, that drives viewing figures in newspapers, everywhere else in the media, things that are generally bad tend to grab our interest. And if you can ever think back, you know, as teachers and school leaders, we tend to focus and we tend to get stuck on the bad stuff. You know, and with teaching, there are enormous challenges. And it's understandable um, that, you know, we do, we focus on some of those negatives. And if I look at Teachers Talk Radio, and we look at a lot of the shows that have been on, on Teachers Talk Radio, there's quite a lot of emphasis on the bad stuff, on the things that are really bad about being in teaching. And that's that's absolutely understandable and is doing a really good thing in many ways because 
Teachers Talk Radio is really out there trying to act as a force for change. So calling out and challenging some of the things around Ofsted, some of the things around workload, around school cultures. Totally right. And it also helps people to know that it isn't just them that are facing these challenges. So totally right. My Teachers Talk Radio colleagues, absolutely brilliant that you're there calling out the bad stuff. And I do the same myself sometimes. But for tonight's show, I really wanted to take a slightly different or totally different and much more positive view. So four main things to to guide us through the show tonight. I'm going to start with a brief introduction to positive thinking. Um, And Marcus, I can see you're here and you're ready to join us because, again, we're going to look at how that can help us. And we're going to relate it to teaching and we're going to talk about relating it to teaching on why, what is great about being a teacher. And I've also got, and if you saw my, my last tweet, I've got some really good quotes because I had a conversation about this with a group of school leaders who are currently are doing MPQH. And we've added another angle, what's great about being a school leader. And finally... Um, I'll be talking about what we can do as individuals to try and adopt a more positive mindset. So, first of all, a brief introduction to, to positive thinking. And, you know, just to you know make sure that, that we're all aware, positive thinking or positive psychology um, is a lesser known branch of, of psychology. And one of the key people behind this, somebody whose work is absolutely top notch on this, is Martin Seligman. He's credited as the father of positive psychology and his efforts to scientifically explore human potential and the links to positive thinking are absolutely amazing and really, really worth a read. Um, A kind of defining moment came back in 1998. So at this time, he was, um, it was his inaugural speech when he was president of the American Psychological Association. And he declared that psychologists needed to study what makes happy people happy. No, he noted the most important thing that he said he'd learned was that psychology was, he described it, literally half-baked. And what he meant was that psychologists had baked the part about mental illness, about difficulties, but the other side, the side of strength, the side of where we're good, hadn't been so baked or so focused. So talking about that, he really was calling for the opening of a new perspective in in the field of psychology. Now, He defines positive psychology, just just quoting Seligman. He says, positive psychology takes you through the countryside of pleasure and gratification, up into the high country of strength and virtue, and finally to the peaks of lasting fulfillment, meaning and purpose. So he's saying it really is a route to getting those high level needs around meaning and purpose. And I think this is a good point to just come in to emphasise that positive psychology and positive thinking that I want to talk about tonight is totally different to the notion of toxic positivity. So positive psychology and, and positive thinking doesn't mean ignoring our emotions. It doesn't mean that we completely discount the things that we find difficult and we struggle with and are uncomfortable. 
But it does call us to acknowledge those, to own them, to think about them and to then work out how we're going to work through those and use them as a balance to also help us focus on the good things or find the good in a situation. It's very different from toxic positivity, where you'll hear things like good vibe, good vibes only, and where we only look at the good side of things and ignore all negative emotions that come up. So again, no phrases like good vibes only, banishing negative feelings. Positive psychology understands, owns, and thinks really carefully about those difficult feelings, those difficult emotions. And if we do just go down the toxic positivity route, if we just push those difficult feelings and those, those stresses and those things that are really hard beneath the surface in that way, there's a really good chance that they will reappear larger and uglier much later. So we know that there are many, many challenges faced by teachers and school leaders today. I, you know, I know as a school, former school leader myself and, and still working really closely with school leaders and, and, you know, occasionally even as a school leader, I know that totally. And I know that Marcus and Claire, who we've got joining here, both know and see exactly how tough teaching and school leadership is. So it's not uncommon for us in the profession to feel stressed, to find our roles hard to manage and acknowledging those emotions, sitting with them, working with them is so important. So we're going to banish phrases like the following, you know, when somebody is really struggling. Well, at least your school is or isn't, you know, X, Y and Z. At least you know, that whole that there's always somebody worse off than you isn't helpful. Just blindly looking on the bright side without some careful reframing, as we'll look about later, isn't helpful either. So, again, we will think later about how we can reframe our thoughts and how when we reframe our thoughts and when we visit positives and we bring them into our minds really clearly, it has huge benefits on our well-being and our effectiveness as teachers and school leaders and as human beings, actually. So that's why I really wanted to focus on the positive side of teaching and school leadership tonight, to bring this into focus and to, to remind us again why we're in this profession. So it does touch on areas that I've spoken of before, and I've done a show before on purpose and thinking about, you know, why teaching is so strongly purpose-driven. A couple of um, few weeks ago, I spoke to Celine, who um, had joined teaching later on in her career. And, you know, she talked about the, the absolute sense of well-being and the sense of fulfillment that she gets from seeing the children learn. So we have touched on these before on um, my twilight shows on Fridays but I wanted to come back so the reason why I really want to focus this these are some of the health benefits of positive thinking and these are all sort of research driven you, I can refer you to various articles that say that positive thinking is linked to increased lifespan lower rates of distress and depression lower levels of distress and pain 
greater resistance to illness, better psychological and physical well-being, better cardiovascular hope and reduced risk of death from cardiovascular diseases and strokes, reduced risk of death from cancer, reduced risk of respiratory conditions, a reduced risk of death from infections, better coping skills during hardship and times of stress. Now, researchers are clear here that it's not necessarily clear whether people who engage in positive thinking experience these health health benefits because they are thinking positively or whether people that think positively enables people to cope better which reduces the harmful effect of stress on the body it's also thought that positive and optimistic people will tend to choose healthier lifestyles too, do more physical activity have a healthier diet and they won't necessarily smoke or drink in excess as well so there's there's that people that have a positive will tend to not smoke not drink and do things that look after themselves but also there is some evidence to show that that positivity can really really bring some of those benefits and again If we are doing anything that takes the cortisol levels down, that takes the stress down, that helps us physically, I think that is so important. And anything that makes us feel better, feel happier, I so strongly feel that we should bring in and have a conversation about it at least. So, Marcus, thank you so much for joining us this evening. If I can come to you on that point, welcome. Hello. Good evening. Hello, Marcus. And I know you are a a radio regular yourself, having a a, a show, I learnt as well. um, So you're used to talking on on the radio and on teacher-related things. Uh, When I can be persuaded to speak on on, (laughs) on live, when I can be persuaded to speak out live, and when I can be persuaded to speak out positively, because one of the things that you've Mm -hmm. just said is, is sometimes us as teachers... I think we get a little bit of criticism for our outlook on things and sometimes the positivity side doesn't come across. Um, so, yeah, spoken on radio quite a few times about positive impacts of being in the teaching profession, um, but also positive impacts of, of talking about being a teacher rather than talking about, as you've already said, some of the negatives um, that can come out there and, and sort of like be a false psychology for some people about what teaching is like. Okay, Marcus, that's really, really interesting. So you've just called there um, something that is quite common, I think, within teaching, that idea that sometimes we do get caught up as teachers in talking about the negative things and don't focus. That's something that you've seen too and you've seen either in radio or in general conversation from teachers. Yeah, and and throughout my career, I've always tried to be one of those positive people about, uh, about the teaching career but also about schools, um, because I kind of think in the role we're in, we need those people who are seeing our work, parents, you know, mm. to seeing that, that we're about the positivities in school. It's, it's not a really good example for people to be saying, talking about it negatively, even if there are things that happen, that are things that could be, you know, hard work or, or issues that have come up, you know, talking about them in, the, in a negative manner and putting the profession down isn't the way forward. So I've always been one of those people who, who like to teach, well, like to talk about how much I enjoy the profession, how much I see others enjoy the profession, how much I see people get out of it, the rewards. I mean, you, you, you're talking about earlier about um, the positive power to change lives and it being one of those skills that we can have 
and I, and I just want everybody to think if you're in teaching that's the point of it mm. we're there to change those lives for the better it's not mm. about changing lives for the worse it's about changing them for the better whether that's um so it's the academic development of a child but I, I like to think that I would like to measure progress the most in children in school by the other things you know the change in their confidence the change in the amount of friendships they've got their enjoyment of school their engagement in learning you know making them more able to react in social groups be able to talk to people have a different outlook on life and be able to know what to do in sessions when it might be negative so that's more me sorry but that is that that's more me and so in the profession that I'm in at the moment you know in ITT which is training of teachers mm. that's the biggest thing I talk to them about the most is how they can make a positive impact on people's lives not just in the academic side to it but their their emotional their social um, and their psychological so- side so that's really interesting, Marcus, just hearing that. You again have called out this absolute privilege of being a teacher and having that impact. And again, you've talked about learning, but you've talked about all the other things that teachers do, such as, you know, helping with friendships, making your children and young people feel happier, feel better. That's not something you get in every job, is it? That's, you know, that's not out there. I'm I'm not necessarily seeing accountants and no offence to accountants. I, I did talk about them again in a previous show, but you don't get that in other jobs, do you, like you do in teaching? No, no, no. Teaching, it, it, it doesn't just start as well when you start teaching the classroom, the children that you teach. You know, I'm going I'm to give an example, and some people might think, oh, yeah, that, but I bet most teachers get that. There isn't a week that goes by in my life where I don't meet a past pupil you know <laughs> I'm I'm in my late 40s now so most people out there will probably go you know you know well it's because you've been teaching for ages <laughs> uh, but actually I, I see that now as more of a, a, a massive positive impact for me and if I didn't see them I don't think it would keep me such a positive person because you know there's, the, there's those times when and I'll give you two examples in the last two weeks mm. um, you know we I'm afraid to say, popped into McDonald's just for a, a, a light snack rather than a healthy uh, weekly diet, only to be greeted by a child in the queue that's not a child anymore, that's in their late oh, 20s. So yeah. a tap on, tap on the back. All right, Mr. A, how are you? Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, hello. You know, you know, I won't mention the child's name, you know, because <laughs> the thing that surprised that child was I was able to, to name him. Oh, uh, my goodness, yeah. Tell him about his class, tell him about how good he was at school. Um, oh. ask him about the career he was doing now and, and it was related to the thing that he started to be interested in in my class it was those things that I saw in him the potential he had at school for me that that that's the positive power of being a teacher if I didn't get that on a I don't know on a, on a weekly basis it would mean almost a bit to me like my profession isn't having that impact on pupils mm. and then adults as they go into life you know and Marcus, that is so powerful, isn't it? And we've we've all been there, haven't we? Whether it's um, standing in the queue in McDonald's or whether it's I was talking to somebody else who was at the gym and saw saw an ex pupil, and they are always surprised that we remember them. And it, sometimes I'm Marcus, like you, late forties, getting on a bit. I have to I have to stop and think. I don't know about you, but it just takes me a moment. But when you've placed that that student, and it's amazing what comes back to you, isn't it, that you remember about them? Well, and they, they, love they it. absolutely love it. And the most the most important thing is is that actually they go. So I did mean something to you when I was in your class. Yeah. So you did care yeah. about they 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 actually return to you being a person rather than a teacher. So they mm. realised that you cared about them. 
you wondered yeah. what they're doing. I mean, there isn't often days go by where I don't talk to my, my partner. I mean, we, we talk about things like, oh, I wonder what, what they're doing now. I wonder where they mm. are now. Or oh, do you remember then? Um, simply because, as I said earlier, if it means that they've had something going on in their lives that's been amazing and they want to tell you about it, that's the most important part. If they just stop and go, all right, it's Mr. Ray, isn't it? Uh, you know, <laughs> they, those things happen. But when they when they start to ask you about things at the school where you used to teach, um, telling you about their career, their brothers, their best mate, who's still their best mate now, you know you got me to be friend, friends with Ben. You know, I'm still oh. best friends with Ben now. He's going to be my best man in a couple of weeks' time because I'm getting married. And it's like, I knew, you, I knew that would end up being the case, and I could just picture them when they were seven but it's it's that part that actually is the massivest reward you can ever get that they want to tell you they don't just want you know they're not just going to say what right, mr ray they can have a conversation you with you a meaningful conversation in-depth conversation sometimes it means you have to go to the back of the queue at mcdonald's and take another <laughs> 10 minutes but you know though that's worth it for me i, I, I I'd, I'd do that every day of the week if, if it meant getting these pupils to tell us about what they're doing afterwards so that's really, really interesting. So obviously then, just just gaining from that, Marcus, there are some there are the things that you know that you've taught children and you know then maybe they've retained in their adult life. But to you, that impact that teachers also have around friendships and you know, the the lad that you spoke to who then still friend had held on to that lifelong friendship and had, had gained a best man through it. That's also something then that that teachers that um, brings real benefits to teachers to seeing that actual real impact on lives. Yeah, the, the next steps, it, you know, we, I suppose some teachers see it as a, like a closed door. When they've left, they've mm. left you. And I suppose I've been lucky to work, I suppose, in a primary school. I was at that key stage two end where I did see them leave. Mm. And it was almost like the last years for us when it was year four for a for school. But the best part was going down to visit the local school. So, you know, where I worked in Dunstable, there was quite a few secondary schools that we worked with. And you pop along there to do some, you know, joint work together, some CPD together. And those children were there as well. And they'd see you, they'd come over. And it would be that time when you could have that conversation about, I was always the one who asked about the subjects. You know, sometimes it was a bit wrong. You know, they'd be, oh, so how is maths going now? You know, you were finding it a bit tough if you if you found somebody you've got confidence yeah. in talking to. If you've got a teacher that you, you can ask those questions that, you know, you wouldn't sometimes ask me and you'd come back and ask me at break time too. If, if, for me, I'd love to know that those children are out there being able to do that. that. But that's reliant on us as a profession. If we have that as a profession, then we know that they're going to go on to somebody else who's going to have the same attitude. So for all these children that have been in our class, I was thinking about it the other day, if you think that they're in school with us from, say, 5 to 15, and EYFS are going to moan at me for forgetting them there. Yeah, they do start <laughs> at 3. I know mm. that, yeah. But if you think about them starting from, say, 3 to 18, that's 15 teachers that they could have had if they had one a year. Yeah. But they don't. Yeah. In many of those years, they have, like, five, six a year who, who will still be those people that have still put a little bit into their lives and could go on. And, and take that a little bit further so you know if we all had that outlook a little bit more as a profession I think the positivity that we could raise and the positivity and the impact it would have on not just those pupils but also our colleagues because I see that in colleagues I always go back if somebody's said something to me like that so like when I was when I was speaking to a child the other day and they you know no longer a child an adult and they'd said oh if ever you see you know and without mentioning colleagues now yeah. if, if you see them can you tell them how much I really appreciated their help at school and the fact that they you know got me to behave better and, and helped me stay in, in the classroom a lot more can you pass it on to them I'm that type of person I know some people go oh 
boring. I'm the person who would find that person. I'd send them a text. I'd find somebody else who knows them. Do you have the telephone number of? So that I could just let them know. Because I think the more we get that kind of positivity, the, the more we'll share it as a community. I think that's really important, actually. That's, that's a, I hadn't... That hadn't come to my mind quite as fully until you, you've put it so beautifully. That whole idea of making sure teachers know how much impact they're having and sharing that message. Because we don't, I know it's really nice when you bump into the child in uh, in McDonald's and, and as you said, but there are so many that as teachers, we don't necessarily know how much of a positive impact we're having because because of this negativity bias we do tend to hear more about the bad stuff or see the bad stuff or hold on to that don't we so how do you think we do that you you're driving a really great personal mission here in you know making sure that when someone says something positive to you you pass it on and make sure it gets back is there anything that we can do in teaching to build that culture even more of sharing that that sort of appreciation I think it's just more openness as teachers. I think, you know, when I was thinking about the show before I came on, I I was sitting there having to think about what it is for me that makes me enjoy being a teacher. Um, Mm -hmm. One of of the things is that you see it in other professions, the friendships and the support mechanisms that I've been. When you're in, I mean, I've been lucky to work in some really great schools and I currently work in a, a, a massively great trust that has community and family at the heart of it you know I truly believe that I truly believe that the people who lead our our trust think about we're a community of schools together a community of teachers together we're in communities and and some of that embedded in parts of communities in Luton that are hard tough for those children and people working them if we can get those partnerships right in those schools build those friendships and those support mechanisms I I do believe our trust does you've worked with me and you know that Uh, I often tweet after the end of ours family or community because yeah. I do believe it is there if you can get those friendships right in these in these schools and that teachers trust each other teachers support each other we'll get that mechanism in life that's going to make it positive because it's got to then impact on and my biggest impact at the moment is people starting in their career I've got to make an impact on them and have my colleagues make an impact on them so that they want to stay in their career they realize they've yeah. got mechanisms around them to support them you know the so ECC this... conference, for example, the other week, yeah. so many of them were realising how much mechanisms they have got in school yes. and how many friendships they have got in other schools as well. That's really interesting. So that comes back um, to a couple of weeks ago when I was talking to a, another colleague about culture and this whole idea about culture and strategy and what leaders can do and what teachers can do. And you're using a lot of the same language there about building friendships, connection, collaboration, working. And yeah, you're right. I I really appreciate the work that goes on in the trust that we both do some work in, or you you do a lot more work in there than I do. Um, But to actually build that up and things like the ECT conference, those sharing the formal and the informal network, that's a really good that's point, it. actually, in, in how we build this positivity in I, I, organisations. I don't think, I, if I'm to be honest, I sometimes don't think you get that unless you have cross-school and inter-community work. 
No. If you if you don't get schools working um, together and sharing and colleagues having a chance, I mean, I, I, I've worked in both types of establishment where it's been hard to get out from behind the four walls. Everybody mm. knows something about your school yeah. and knows how great your school is, but yeah. to get outside it and see other schools has really been a challenge. But since I've been able to do that and seen that that's the most important thing for some of those schools, you know, it's actually that member of staff making those new. I suppose friendships, but actually new relationships, new staff yeah. relationships outside, people they can trust and call on. So you know, I've I've, I've learned from from working with Sufian quite a lot in in our trust that he he says his his phone's always there for people to call him. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know what that's like. I mean, I I try and be that with with all the schools that I work with as well. Yeah. And my colleagues, that I, work with, I said, look, I may not be able to help, but I'm on the end of the phone if you need just somebody to talk to or somebody to go. I know this person who works in this school, I've worked with them, they're great, give them a call, I'm sure they'll be able to help you. But that, I think, has got to be at the heart of, of uh, schools that aren't in trusts now. So if you're in a trust, you mm-hmm. often have that. If you're not in a trust, it can feel, and I spoke to colleagues last week, and I felt, not not sorry for them, but uh, what can you what can we do to make it different? Because they were like, we don't really have that. The local authority that they work in has, hasn't got funding to do CPD mm. and bring the schools together, haven't got that. What how do we look after that staff in there? Because they're in almost like a closed environment of their school. And if you get a black hole in that school or you get, like you were talking about, that negative psychology in a small essence in that school that can't go anywhere else, what's the impact going to be on those colleagues? No, you're you're right. So it does bring... It does call then for individuals and school leaders and groups of schools and groups of teachers to really try and build that connection and collaboration in in whatever way they can to strengthen that that community i guess doesn't it yeah i think that that's, so yeah. you know if you if you think about the things that i mean i saw a lovely tweet from adrian this week about what what our trust gives back but not just to our trust but gives wider mm. outside of our trust and you think like things like the ect conference that's a way mm. of bringing all those trainees yeah. together for yes yeah. cpd but also that informal side of of building relationships and their own personal development. Yeah. Then you've and you, then you've got things like yeah, you know the in, inside school things like behaviour hubs, where it's okay for schools to talk about the behaviours in their school and how they can mm. improve on on them, and that there's people there that you can call on and say, we're really struggling, we need some help on this. But I don't think that will happen unless more teachers want it to happen because it's got to come from you it's got to come from the school yeah. you can't have a closed some people in a profession and i'll be really honest and i'll call a few of them out and no, no, no names or anything like that but <laughs> they, they 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 close the door yeah and that's yeah. it so if you know and i think and at this time more than anything else we need to be thinking about the well-being and the mental health of of colleagues not yes. just in teaching but in other professions and if we do close that door who do those people then talk to Yes, and it's sometimes those people, the most positive ones, who actually you need to go to and talk to. You're absolutely right about that connection. So, Marcus, if I may hold on to you for a a few more minutes, what I'm going to do is going to go to our sponsors really briefly, and then I just want to come back and go back to that whole idea about what is great about being a teacher. You work with people in the initial teacher training era that's so the very early stages of their of their training so what is it we can say i'm going to come back to you in a couple of minutes but we're just going to hear very briefly from our sponsors this show is brought to you in partnership with john cat educational publishing professional development books and resources 
to support great teaching and learning in schools around the world. Have you checked out their latest releases? Use the code JCTTR2324 for 20% off your order. Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. Introducing Eton X from Eton College, a diverse range of quality online courses enabling young people to aspire and excel. Designed for self-study, these web-based courses empower your students with essential leadership, communication and academic skills for success at school and beyond. Our study skills course sharpens their learning abilities, while the AI Fundamentals course equips them with vital digital know-how in a fast-changing world. Other popular courses include verbal communication, critical thinking, writing skills, resilience, creative problem solving, and many more. Offer the Eaton X curriculum in your school for free. Visit eatonx.com to find out more. Okay, brilliant to hear from our sponsors there. So, um, just a, another question now back to you, Marcus. So, Marcus, I know you work um, having been a really experienced primary school teacher yourself, and I know now you work in the area of initial teacher training. So where you're working with and nurturing those young and not so young, because many people I know are coming back in um, for second careers and or second, third, fourth careers. What is it that you would really like to say to them or to anybody else so that we can really kind of notice what's positive about our profession as teachers. So what else? We've talked about that whole notion already about how you make that impact and about students coming back and reporting to you and telling you, you know, when you, you stand and you bump into them and tell you the great impact you had. What else? What other things can we say? What can we stop and notice as teachers? You know, a bit like how it's good for our psychology, it's good for our, our well-being to notice that spring's coming and just take that point to notice some beautiful flowers coming through or the weather changing the, and just start how, you know, the sun might start to feel nice on our skin. What are some of those things that as teachers we can just pause to stop and notice that are positives? Because it is tough. Behaviour can be exceptionally tough in many schools workload can be really high getting up and going to school every day as a teacher can be really really challenging so we acknowledge that we're not into toxic positivity here and good vibes only we are thinking about you know understanding and going with those emotions what is it though that you can also tell us is really great about being a teacher if I can come back to you Yeah, I think I was just I was just listing some of the things in there recently from a session with some of our new uh, new trainees. You know, the the biggest thing for some of those new trainees that they've noticed is their life just isn't about the teaching. There's so many mm. other aspects to their daily life of things they do in the school. You know, so you you can you can start that from children wanting to come in in the morning. So yeah. kids running past, you know, leaving their parents behind the gate, the other side of the gate, halfway up the road, because they want to get into school. You know, there's the positive power of seeing that coming towards you. And some of those children, um, for some of them, that's really hard at the beginning, you know, because we live in a society at the moment where the, it is a challenge, life's a challenge, you know. And so some of those children, that's a safe place for them. So when you see Absolutely. them coming 
running in like that and the positive vibes that they bring into school. Yeah, I'm going to mention it, positive vibes. I know you know, I'll get in trouble for you <laughs> saying that, but you know, they, they, they bring <laughs> oh, it no, in Oh, no, we with can them. have that too. We can have positive vibes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, they, they bring it in with them. So, you know, I'll start by taking that, taking the positive that the kids bring in. It's, it's then watching them develop and learn as people yeah um i've got i've got several trainees at the moment who are training to work in the ey years um but they've done some experience in in the last couple of weeks with year threes and year fours and the one thing that they're saying is it it doesn't change but yeah. what what impact you have changes you know so they're oh. still having a massive impact on the the, the life of those kids and the skills yeah. that those kids are developing it's just you fine-tuning it to make it appropriate for the age group of those children that's so true isn't it whatever age you're working with whether you're working with year 10 year 11 or, or 13 or or right down in eyfs it is all about how you are fine-tuning it to work with those those particular children so students and uh, so I, I true. some of the some of some of that really starts though with with the impact you can have on on the family so yeah. uh, <laughs> for for my sins, I was always probably one of the first out on the gate, and I wasn't the first out <laughs> on the gate because I wanted to be the first class out. I was probably never the first class out in all the whole yeah. of my time. From but it was I wanted to be out there to be able to say to the parents, Do you know, Jimmy's done this today. I'm amazed. Really, he struggled with it. He's found it really hard. But look, ask him about it. Talk to him about it. And I used to find by being like that my pupils in my class would have a much better relationship with their parents in talking about school yeah. they're not the yeah. ones whose children would go home and go yeah we did it we, we, we were at school today you know that was it <laughs> they're the ones who wanted to tell them in, uh, about the thing they learned the exciting and that wasn't necessarily down to just my teaching or me that was the staffing that was the way the school celebrated their learning and it was a positive thing to go and do the the most worrying ones are when you go out like that and a parent goes oh no what have they done now you know, it, 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 it's not that you want to be going out and celebrating the positivity. So just a parent then coming back to you the next day and saying, oh, thank you so much for, for coming home out and saying that. Or, or phoning mm. home. My favourite one to tell trainees about, and uh, one of my colleagues, Anna, has just done a session with some of our trainees, is just communicating with parents and, mm. and, and actually, you know, sending them a message, an email, phoning them sending their postcard home in the child's bag to tell them what their children have been done and that you should be really proud of your mm. child, that can make a massive impact on a parent at home who's positively struggling with, with yeah. other things outside of life, but also maybe with the child, you know, and that gives them a tie-in to then make a relationship. So does that? That's absolutely super. I mean, Marcus, also hearing, so I know that you still teach as well as work with the initial um teacher training with the trainees and hearing the enthusiasm with which you speak about the impact that teachers can have on families on relationships that whole lifelong learning thing about about children and their and their school and that that then opens up the doors for children to have those conversations about friendships it's absolutely absolutely brilliant and I really appreciate you taking the time to join us this evening um, to summarise and to give us such detail about what's great about being a teacher. So I'm going to thank you and I'm going to let you go off and enjoy your Friday evening and hopefully then your weekend and, and back into work then on Monday. Any closing comments about what's great about being a teacher? Absolute pleasure, Maxine. One of the things that one of the things I would say though is anybody listening um, who is a teacher, mm. yeah, you know, 
a couple of things you can do for me and the profession as well, because one of the things I like to do is text my colleagues who I, I work with, I see every day of the week, but I'll text them at the mm. end of the week to, to celebrate something that I've seen them do during the week yeah. and say, you know, that's made a real positive impact to this pupil or that's made a real positive impact for me, sometimes trainees, yeah. but the positive impact of that. Yeah. Um, and also to celebrate that with them because they won't be expecting it. It, it, it no. for most of them it's, it's something new so one thing that second one the i would say the greatest thing about teaching at the moment is just seeing those pupils that you know you've made a difference to every day of the yeah. week that want to celebrate it with you they'll bring in their learning from home they'll show you something that they've done in school they'll show you a talent that they've learned new and that is the biggest reward you can get. Don't need a bigger reward than that for me. And, and, and <laughs> most of the trainees that are coming through at the moment say the biggest thing that they can have is when a child just draws them that little picture that says, yeah. thank you for that maths lesson yesterday, you're the best. Or, or you know, And it's not just primary. Don't think that's just primary. I hate, would hate to think people it's just primary because yeah. I've known so many secondary colleagues this week who've had uh, messages from children that they've been doing uh, revision sessions with and saying thank you so much for that because if I hadn't come and had that little bit extra time with you and you've given me that little bit extra help I think I'd have found that difficult so that's mine and and, and that's the, the last word from me oh Marcus I've really appreciated you taking the time and sharing that positivity so it's about passing on those positive mem- those po- positive mentions and it's also about noticing and really seeing the impact that you have on children and young people thank you yep. so much Thank you, Marcus. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. A huge thank you to Marcus there for for joining us and for sharing some of that positivity. Um, Totally right from from Marcus there. It's absolutely not just primary where you can see the impact that you have on children and young people. Claire, I know you're joining us here this evening as well, um, but you sent me a message earlier in the week just citing something about your secondary alternate provision where you work and you, you cited that you'd actually missed a lesson, missed a maths lesson, and you'd got a student in your very, very challenging setting who had said, Oh, wasn't the same without you. Missed you. And your lessons are usually good. And, you know, made some really super positive comments about the work that you're doing and how you're having. Yeah, yeah, Claire, you're absolutely right. That was that was the polite version. I, I edited it slightly for radio, I, I do admit, because I know sometimes your students do talk quite bluntly. Um, but we definitely have rules about that on Teacher Talk Radio. So, yeah, quite really really positive to to hear that um hearing other colleagues as well other comments that people have sent me to say um what it is that they really think is great about being a teacher um a colleague who i spoke to sarah who works in secondary said it's so varied there are never two days the same and and i know that can be both a blessing and a curse because you don't always know quite what's going to come up but the day is totally varied there are different lessons different students different faces different challenges every day time passes quickly in the day and again that comes from um, that comes from a colleague called emma who works in in secondary as well is a, is a secondary history teacher and before going into teaching um, she had worked in an office and said she used to spend the whole day clock watching working out how she could get to the next hour next two hours before it was time for a break or she would go home she says in teaching the days just absolutely fly and before you know where you are the weeks fly 
flight and then you're at the holidays. So we haven't even mentioned the holidays as being a bit of a, a bonus as well. And, and I must admit, I've had a few um, text message responses where I've been just asking people what's great about being a teacher, saying half term, happy half term everywhere. Um, strong friendships within the profession as well. Um, teachers really make great friends and it's one of the things that I've seen, and Marcus spoke about this a little bit as well, but, but in the teaching profession, and it, it is also due to the, some of the challenges that teachers face. And again, I think teachers sometimes in, in some of the schools that can be a little bit tougher have particularly close personal relationships and uh, professional relationships with each other as teachers and provide that support superbly. And I know that happens in other professions too, but I think teachers are particularly strong on that. And um, again, Marcus then has spoken about the impact on just beyond the children, actually on whole families and on the community. And, and I know that's some of the aims of, of particular schools who want to work really closely to drive improvement. Before I go to the to the news, I spoke. I contacted via X my absolute X stroke Twitter heroes, Jeff and Margaret, and they are always so wonderful um, of sending a few a few thoughts back on what it is that's that's helping, what it is that makes teaching great. So Jeff and Margaret, you may may know of Jeff and Margaret, answered the call coming out of retirement during the the COVID pandemic, entertainers all on X hugely um, and again love their Friday pub lunch. Hi Maxine how lovely of you to, to contact us we're very happy to contribute what makes teaching a great profession the privilege of helping young people to grow and flourish the opportunity of working with many great people the chance to shape lives time spent with people being curious creative brave innovative seeing people shine making lasting connections with people, colleagues, pupils and families. The fact that no two days are the same. The funny moments too, best wishes. And I think we could probably have a whole show. And I think actually there has been in the past Teachers Talk radio shows about the funny moments. Some of those things that happen in school um, that absolutely are laugh out loud funny in in totally totally obviously appropriate ways i've also started following on on x um gurdeep singh at teacher wins um and his his old twitter bio he's an assistant head teacher and he's he's written something i think is quite interesting aiming to bring positivity back into teaching at a time of real challenge when the teacher full of noble intention wins everyone wins and he states his views are all of his his own not um not necessarily part of um his his school where he works so he does also say that you know the name of his twitter handle has two meanings he wants to help teachers win in their job um, if they are understood and supportive and developed and everyone wins. And, you know, that is really, really important. And these are some of the things that that he wrote to me. wasn't able to come on this evening. I'd invited him as a guest, but he's written me some things to share instead. And so he starts by saying, there's no doubt that teaching has its challenges. And when we think about areas such as behaviour management, workload, marking, planning and admin, long days and learning school systems, there are huge challenges. But these are some of the great things about teaching, in um, Gurdjieff's opinion. 
every day is different and seeing that as an enjoyable part of the job helps me approach each day with a, with a positive mindset. We get to spend each day with young people who are often full of energy, funny, grateful, respectful, kind and open or honest. Yes, he acknowledges not all of them and not always, but he does know that the large majority are. And that's a really interesting thing. And when we come on to how we can develop more positive mindsets, it is about knowing that we've got that negative bias. And I've worked in many occasions, both myself as a teacher, and I look back now thinking, my goodness, that whole class, I don't know what I'm going to do. They're so difficult. It's just so awful. Then I actually look, it's maybe one or two individuals that I've got given too much. My negativity bias has honed in too much on them and making me generalise. So, again, when we do have students like that, there are different opinions on how we work with them. Strong structures, behaviour systems, really, really strong. That's really, really important. Also, sometimes when, you know, there is some understanding that we might be needed as well. Anyway, back to Gurdjieff's brilliant quotes. Um, he does say as well, really important, there'll be times when we as teachers will need support and guidance and getting that from others and giving it to others as a teacher is really important for our own well-being and it boosts our well-being when we help someone else. Other things that are great about being a teacher, we get to teach subjects or topics that we have a real interest in and get to share that passion with other students. And Gurdji explains that he teaches maths and he loves revealing the beauty in the subject to his classes, as well as showing the variety of uses, the enjoyment in learning and exploring maths and seeing how maths is developed over time. He finds that fascinating. And again, particularly secondary colleagues who are listening, I wonder how much you appreciate getting to share your love with the subject. And, you know, I think historians, this is often very, very huge to you. How often do you really focus on and think, yeah, no, that's great. That's what keeps me in the job because I get to talk about something that I love all the time. And you don't necessarily get that. I'm a geography teacher and when I go on holiday with my family, I get fined a pound every time I turn it into a geography field trip. And, I, you know, I start explaining something like longshore drift. Well, in the classroom, I can talk about that as long as that's the topic I'm supposed to teach about all the time. And, you know, I get I get what Gurdjieff's saying there about really loving the beauty of his subject. He also says the subjects we teach are not standalone and they link to different areas of learning and life. And again, really important. I, you know, I remember myself teaching maths um, years and years ago in a secondary school and actually looking then at how that links to managing your finances and, you know, how bank accounts work and interest rates and 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 that again you know moved off in all sorts of different directions that links to other where areas of learning um and, and Gurdji also says that um, we develop shape the character of young people we teach all the time and that links to um what Marcus was saying very much actually about shaping the character about it's not just about the delivery of our subject content it is about that absolute privilege of growing and developing young people as well. Um, you know, and, and Gurdjieff, like Marcus says, we help them become more confident, engaged, inspired, brave, resilient, creative. 
which goes way beyond the exams and tests that we do focus on probably too much. And, and you know, there may be good reason for focusing on them, but that's really important, um, I think, sometimes to think about just what we do as teachers. Gurdjieff also says, as teachers, we get to, in inverted commas, perform every day. And I really like that. How many teachers would actually really like to be on the stage? You've, you know, you've got a team of people in front of you, a group of people in front of you, and you get to really take part with them. Um, remember that each day there are many things out of our control. So focus on the things we can influence. That's really hard. And again, I'll, I'll come on to in a little while some of the ways that we can really maintain our positive um, focus. I think that is very, very important because there are some things that are outside of our control. And I think sometimes if we can be really conscious of that and know it, that can help. And I'll talk about that a little bit more later. And again, one of the things that, that Gurdjieff then also says is when things feel really challenging, often we focus on the minutiae and we get wrapped up in our anxieties. So he advises us to step back, see the bigger picture, focus on what you can control and be kind to yourself, finding moments of peaceful reflection. So some really, really interesting things there. Um, what I'm going to do, I'm going to go to the news now. Then I've got a couple more things about um, what's great about being a teacher before I go on to talk about how we can make sure that we get a positive mindset. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, publishing professional development books and resources to support great teaching and learning in schools around the world. Have you checked out their latest releases? Use the code JCTTR2324 for 20% off your order. Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. Introducing Eton X from Eton College, a diverse range of quality online courses enabling young people to aspire and excel. Designed for self-study, these web-based courses empower your students with essential leadership, communication and academic skills for success at school and beyond. Our study skills course sharpens their learning abilities, while the AI Fundamentals course equips them with vital digital know-how in a fast-changing world. Other popular courses include verbal communication, critical thinking, writing skills, resilience, creative problem solving, and many more. Offer the Eaton X curriculum in your school for free. Visit eatonx.com to find out more. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News. We have featured the issue of overseas students applying to UK universities a number of times on Teachers Talk Radio News. This year's application figures have recently been released. An analysis by the BBC shows the numbers are up for the second year in a row. The latest data shows over 115,000 students from outside the UK have applied, up almost 1,000 on last year. The rise comes despite tougher government rules to help reduce migration. 
It also follows accusations that universities have lowered standards to recruit overseas students, who can be charged more than students from the UK. Despite the rise, the number remains below pre-pandemic levels. UCAS Chief Executive Dr Joe Saxton said UK applications have also risen in recent years. However, Vivian Stern, Chief Executive of Universities UK, said the figures did not tell the whole story, as applications do not always translate into enrolments. She said that any future fall in enrolments could make it more difficult for universities to offer places to home students due to the financial impact. Ms Stern went on to explain that UK universities may be less appealing to overseas students due to policy changes around bringing family, competition from universities in the US and Australia and unhelpful government rhetoric. Full details of the story can be found on the BBC News website. The Mathematical Association's Twitter feed draws attention to changes announced by government on maths and English condition of funding for 16 to 19 year old learners. The changes, which can be found on the government website, include minimum teaching hours for full-time students, saying that they should be three hours per week for English and four hours per week for maths. It also states this should be standalone, whole class, in-person teaching. The extra hour reflects the existing expectation should be prioritised to ensure students receive a standard number of taught hours. Compliance will be measured for the academic year 2025 to 26. Full details of the impact on funding and other changes can be found on www.gov.uk. The post on Twitter did prompt renewed concerns about maths teacher recruitment and timetabling issues. FE Week also featured a story on the changes, calling them unworkable and a backward step. Wales Online features a story about languages teaching and qualifications, but not in the way you might expect. Whilst the Welsh National Party have long campaigned for increasing Welsh language teaching, members of the Wales Somaliland community are urging the Welsh Government to include a GCSE in Somali language in the new Welsh curriculum. The community is writing to Education Minister Jeremy Miles to explain the importance of this to the 15,000 strong Somaliland community, saying it is important for young people to recognise and gain qualifications in their language and heritage. Community activist Ali Abdi said it was important that the large number of Somali pupils studying Welsh secondary schools learned their mother tongue and be recognised for their linguistic and cultural heritage. According to Mr Abdi, introducing a Somali GCSE aligns with the Welsh Government's commitment to diversity, equality and social justice. Finally, the BBC reports on research which has examined children's attitudes towards the monarchy. The outcome of the research suggests more support for the royals among state schools than in private ones. The study by King's College London found 66% of children in state schools aged 6 to 12 had a positive view of the monarchy, compared with 56% in private. It also found higher levels of support among children than among teens and young adults. The findings were based on questions for 2,000 pupils across 200 schools. The findings on primary school children in England, Scotland and Wales were in stark contrast to the views of young adults, with a YouGov twice yearly poll showing only 27% of 18 to 24 year olds 
saw the monarchy as good for Britain. The researchers said the primary children responding to questions around the monarchy had said it made them feel happy, excited or proud. Researchers could not explain the difference between state and private, but suggested it could reflect higher levels of international pupils in the private school sample, meaning they could have less of a connection to the British royal family. Further details of the research and its findings, as well as comparisons with other studies, can be found on the BBC News website. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. You've been listening. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, publishing professional development books and resources to support great teaching and learning in schools around the world. Have you checked out their latest releases? Use the code JCTTR2324 for 20% off your order. Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. And obviously a small technical hitch there from me pressing the wrong thing at the end of um, the news there. So great to hear from Joe and of course from our sponsors really positively as well. So Back to the subject, what is great about being a teacher? We've been thinking about all things positive this evening. We've been thinking about the benefits and the psychological benefits of thinking positively and how that can help us. And that's brought us on to some really, really good discussion about what is great about being a teacher. So I just want to um, go on now to share a couple of messages that, that I've received when um, in doing my research this week and just asking a few teachers to give us a little bit of a, um, their own take on what's great about being a teacher. So again, I'm going to just refer to Paul. Paul at the moment, Paul is a DT teacher. He's also currently an assistant head in the UK and he's just made the huge move. He's going to go back to his homeland. He's going to go back to Ireland and teach at home soon. So one of the things that he said, and he did say that um, this could be particular to him or particularly to DT, but I think it's quite general. But he says the best thing about being a teacher for him is helping a child to discover a new skill that they didn't realise that they had or the love of a subject that they've never had before, that they've never had the chance to try. Witnessing the joy and the sense of pride that they show and that they have when they complete a new challenge. I mean, what a great privilege, actually seeing a youngster complete a challenge like that and to do something so well and to make, you know, make something in DT or be really positive. Another colleague, Holly. Um, Holly is primary primary teacher, but has been a primary deputy head, um, currently works supporting a whole range of different schools in all things primary. So Holly, when I, you know, I asked her what's great about being a teacher, she came back, she says, oh, the holidays, only joking. But Again, I do think we have to, to note that actually it is really positive to have those holidays. And, and I know that a lot of holidays spent recovering for some teachers, and that's to do with the high level of workload and how challenging the jobs are. But anyway, Holly does go on to explain a little bit more and says, I'd say building relationships with pupils and their families, helping them to achieve their best and maximise their potential. You know, seeing young children,
children. And I know that Holly's worked in some really challenging circumstances and it would be really important for her to see pupils achieving their best. So this week, another um, great privilege that I had um, was working with some school leaders. So to move on now and think, we've talked about what's great about being a teacher. And, and one of the big things that, that has come through from lots of people is it is about having that impact on children and young people, enabling them to make progress, enabling them to, you know, be the best that they can be, whether it's learning in a subject, whether it's between subjects, whether it's about how they grow as a person. And I think one of the things that changes as you move from being a class teacher um, to a school leader is that your impact in each of those areas becomes less on each individual but it does start to have an impact at a whole organisational level, particularly as you start to define culture, you start to influence other students as well and other teachers and how things happen. So it might be less impact on each individual, but it's an impact on more individuals. And, it, you know, it then goes on to whole communities and it, the, the spread of impact goes much wider. So I asked, and I, I've just posted the picture, I went a bit old school with this at MP. PQH and ask them to use the hot, the old uh, post-it notes on a, a large sheet. And this is just something that this 2022 MPQH cohort in Birmingham, who I've had absolute privilege to work with over the last 18 months, and they're just getting ready to do their final assessments now. But these are some of the things that they said are the great things about school leadership. Starting with influence and the opportunity to improve outcomes for children. Seeing people grow, staff, children and parents. The joy you get from somebody else's personal growth. And I think that's a really interesting use of the word joy then, to, you know, to describe just quite how amazing that is. Be, being able to impact a greater number of children. Seeing others develop and grow, and again, that's others, that's not just children, that's, that's other teachers. When focusing on success, which is greater, then that's a real joy. Growing others and watching them grow, another body saying that. When you see the impact on a child's life and their education, there is no better feeling. Inspiring others, making a difference. It's a joy to oversee how well things can work. It's a joy to make sure all children are seen as individuals. It's a joy to know how much staff care and work together. Our fingerprints um, don't, uh, sorry, our fingerprints um, impact on the lives we touch. By doing what you love, you awaken the hearts of others. What a beautiful quote. By doing what you love, you awaken the hearts of others. Seeing students receive their GCSEs, knowing your words and actions had some impact, particularly if it's your words and actions which either stopped or averted a permanent exclusion or made a difference and made things work there. Just some quotes that we've got. But that whole focus on... Growing others, seeing other people grow, seeing other people improve, seeing how you manage to impact the lives of so many people is such a positive. So 
we're not. And again, I've got Claire just come back with a really lovely comment. As a leader, seeing the impact you can have on other staff's professional growth, development, yes, and also school ethos, mindset, trust, perspectives. For some staff, these are little wins. For others, they're literally life-changing. And that's the same for students, isn't it? For some, you might make a very small impact. They might be either going on all right already, or it might be that there's something you can't impact. And you know that we mentioned permanent exclusion there. Permanent exclusion is not a bad thing. Some schools need to do it. It does have impact on the students and it's more wide. You know, it's, it's certainly things that the impacts can be wider ranging if a student's in a school causing that level of problem. So nothing simple and straightforward, but with teaching and school leadership, there are those really, really high level impacts that you can have and some really super positive things that, again, I don't think that necessarily comes with all professions. So I'm going to go briefly to our sponsors for the final time today before moving on to the last bit of the show, which is all about how can we learn to think more positively? This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, publishing professional development books and resources to support great teaching and learning in schools around the world. Have you checked out their latest releases? Use the code JCTTR2324 for 20% off your order. Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. Introducing Eton X from Eton College, a diverse range of quality online courses enabling young people to aspire and excel. Designed for self-study, these web-based courses empower your students with essential leadership, communication and academic skills for success at school and beyond. Our study skills course sharpens their learning abilities, while the AI Fundamentals course equips them with vital digital know-how in a fast-changing world. Other popular courses include verbal communication, critical thinking, writing skills, resilience, creative problem solving, and many more. Offer the Eaton X curriculum in your school for free. Visit eatonx.com to find out more. So thinking about positive thinking and trying to identify how we're thinking is part of this. So there are two main things really about positive thinking and about positive psychology. One of them is around optimism. And that's that whole analyze whether you are a glass half full or a glass half empty person. And again, we know and studies show really clearly that optimism and pessimism can affect many areas of your of our health and well-being. And again, optimism and positive thinking that usually comes with optimism is a key part of effective stress management because extreme pessimists, people who always think the worst is going to happen, may be having some unnecessary stress and some difficulties. So that's one area, that whole optimism, pessimism. The other is about our gratitude. And there's a lot of research showing that if we take a moment and we're not, certainly not shifting into toxic positivity when I talk about this. But when we, if we take a moment just to appreciate some of the positive good things that are happening and try and hold on to them, noticing them, aware 
that our negativity bias is absolutely trying to fight that. So we probably need to spend more time being conscious about thinking about the positives. That that will bring us some really huge well-being benefits and will make us feel better. So, you know, in life, that is about just spending a moment pausing, noticing, you know, how the sun feels or how a breeze feels or what a beautiful tree looks like or the blossom that's going to be out there for us to see soon. And just noticing that, taking a walk in nature and seeing how the sound of the wind in the leaves when they start to come through starts to feel and how that that whole sort of area around us smells outside, all that positive stuff. And, you know, those of you that, that know me or follow me on any social media know that that outsidey stuff is really, really important to me, like noticing it, that gratitude piece, that that's really important. Um, the other thing, though, is about this whole idea about optimism and about positive thinking. And our positive thinking often starts with self-talk. And if we think about self-talk, self-talk's that sort of endless stream of unspoken thoughts that runs continually through our head. And these automatic thoughts, these things that happen without us actually necessarily wanting them to or, or even being aware that they're there, can be positive or negative. So some of it comes from logic and reason. Some of it is actually fact based. And it's really interesting, I think, when we have an idea, when we have a thought, is to just analyse whether that's a fact because quite a lot of our self-talk, quite a lot of our beliefs, our things that we think come from either misconceptions or views or beliefs that we hold that may go back to childhood. Now, I'm not going to go into depth around counselling and any of the theory around that. But again, quite often we have preconceived ideas about what might happen based on all sorts of things, you know, previous experiences, um, our own biases, things that, you know, are patterns or thoughts that we've got going on that we don't even know necessarily we're doing. So first thing to do with, with our thinking about trying to be positive and trying to think positively is to think about our self-talk and maybe, first of all, just starting to have an awareness about what negative self-talk might look like. So one of the things that we might do is we might filter. We might magnify ne negative aspects of a situation and filter out all of the positive ones. So research, we know that. We know that from how our psychology works, that we have this negativity bias. But it might be so extreme that it is just focusing on the negatives. Now, I know when I've been having a really tough time in school, back when I was ahead, that that's one thing that I definitely did now. I know that looking back. And I wish I'd probably called that out a little bit more to myself, that focusing only on the negatives and filtering it out. We've probably all done it when we've, say, been to a parents' evening and we've spoken to... 30, 60, 90 parents, however many, you know, in the course of an evening. And we've probably said some really good things and some really positive things. And we can't shift that one comment we've made or that one point where we've maybe got something wrong and that conversation didn't go well. So just being aware that we do that, that that, neg that filtering, that whole sort of holding on to the negatives happen 
just being aware of that and calling it out. Another thing that we can do sometimes, again, another form of negative self-talk is about personalising. So when something bad happens, sometimes we automatically blame ourselves. So again, you know, thinking about an example outside school, if we hear that an evening out with friends is cancelled, you might assume that it's because nobody wants to be around you. You might assume that somebody, you know, you see a friend, you've not seen them for ages, you wave at them on the other side of the road, they don't respond. Negative self-talk would be telling you that they didn't wave back because they don't like you or you've done something to annoy them. Whereas actually, the fact of the matter might just be that they've not seen you. So again, think about that in a school context as well. Might you be personalising? Might you be making something about you that isn't actually about you? I had a really good example of that, actually, with a student. Um, when I, um, I used to be a head of year 10 and 11. My goodness, that was a tough job. And I saw I saw a young lad who had been in my year group and um, he, he'd actually come and he was actually doing some plastering. And, and he said, uh, Miss, Miss Warner, um, yeah, yeah, when I was at school, it, you know, it weren't personal. We just didn't really like being there. You, you were all right. And I thought, oh, my goodness, I wish your 16-year-old self had said that to me. And, you know, there's all sorts of things around behaviour systems and so on. But I'd personalised that and I thought that's because I was a poor teacher. It wasn't. It's because they were year 10, year 11 boys who didn't have the right aspirations. And it was a whole manner of different things about the school context at the time. But again, that whole thing about personalising. Might you be catastrophizing, automatically anticipating the worst? We've all done this. Ofsted, you know, exams, SATs, that whole sort of thought of thinking, you know, what can go wrong will go wrong. Are we catastrophizing? What are the chances? How realistic is that? And again, we know that our negative bias drives that. So do we just need to notice that we're doing it? Blaming as well. That's another poor form of negative self-talk, just to be aware of, again, trying to say that someone else is responsible for what happened instead of yourself. So avoiding being responsible for your thoughts and feelings. I'm feeling like this because somebody else is responsible for making me feel like that or somebody else is responsible for that happening. Should you instead maybe step into owning that a little bit more? Another thing, negative self-talk, is that saying you should do something. So think of all the things you should do and then blame yourself for not doing them. So again, I often say to people in, you know, in coaching contexts or in discussions about being kind to yourself and think what advice you'd give to somebody else who maybe has got that great long to-do list and hasn't ticked all of it off. You'd probably say, look, that's quite understandable. Don't worry about it. Why can't you say that to yourself, that whole you should do something? Magnifying, another really negative thing that sometimes we do, making a really making something that's a small problem really grow. Again, it's our negative bias that drives that. Perfectionism. So instead of having the idea that something is, is good enough, that's okay, that's fine, keep going on at it and you know setting yourself immensely high standards that you're never going to be able to keep polarizing so you can only see things as either good or bad or black or white there's no gray area again really common forms of negative thinking so 
really important. I think one thing that I would advise to anybody is to just take time to analyze your thoughts and just think, have I got some of those negative thinking patterns going on? Be aware of it. Check facts where you can identify that you're thinking in an unhelpful way. Note it. Think about how you could think more diff more positively. So you can learn to turn thinking negatively into positive thinking, but it takes practice. It takes you being aware of it and really thinking carefully through. So if you want to be more optimistic and you want to think more positively, think about some areas where you want to think differently about that, you know, particular areas about your life or about teaching that you want to be more positive about and you want to be more optimistic about. Check them with yourself. Check how you're thinking. Note it. Bit of humour always helps. And again, just keeping that perspective, being really positive and trying to think about practising positive self-talk. So again, like I was saying about the one where you might have that endless to-do list, start by following this. Just this really, I think this is a really important rule, actually. Don't say anything to yourself that you wouldn't say to somebody that you work with or a close friend. Be gentle, you know, with yourself, be encouraging. If a negative thought enters your mind, just evaluate it. Think about it rationally. How true is that? What evidence do I have to support it? And then just say, OK, no, that's fine. That's OK. And we'll just move on and think about what's good and what's positive and what you're, you know, the choices that you're going to make. So, again, if you think, you know, oh, I've never done that before, but if you get an opportunity, your negative uh, bias will be saying things like, well, I've never done it before, so I can't possibly do it. It's bound to go wrong, catastrophizing, not believing in yourself. Positive thought is to think, well, maybe that's an opportunity to learn something new. It's too complicated. It's too hard. I can't possibly do that. Okay. Well, let's look, I'll tackle it from a different angle and I might not get it right. And what's the problem if I don't get it right? So, again, just thinking about that, think about all those things in a school context where where there is change, where it is complicated. Can you think more different? How can you think differently? Can you think more positively? Um, again, if you think there's no way that's going to work. OK. Well, let's have a look. What facts do we have behind that? Because it might be that someone in school is, is trying to implement something that really won't work and you might have a good point. But look, what's the evidence? What are the, you know, what are the facts? What have you seen happen before? How does that relate to here? OK, can I try to make it work? What help will I need to make that work? Who do I need to speak to? So, again, that's really interesting I think and really helpful to try and put things in a more positive way what can you do nobody bothers to communicate me okay so let's have a look let's have a look at the facts with that where have you been missed what have you seen who has communicated with you what can uh, what channels of communication do you think you could open up who do you need to speak to what do you think you could do so again not personalising it, not thinking about it, personalising it. And our negativity bias, that whole thing that's keeping us safe, might make us want to fall into those traps. But what can you do positively? Um, again, I'm never going to get any better at this. I can't do it. It's hopeless. Think about things one step at a time. I'll give it another try. What's the worst that could happen? 
really, really, I think, helpful, positive things. So, again, lots of things that you can do or that we can all do to try to be a little bit more positive and to think positively. Gratitude, noting what's great about our job, actually is really helpful. That whole idea about practicing a little bit of positive self-taught every day is really, really helpful. So again, just have a think. I'd love to hear from you and I'd love to see how you're you're getting on with this. And I'd love to think, okay, what can we do? What difference can we make about this whole idea about positive psychology? What can we do to make things different? Tonight, it has been such a privilege to be here, thinking hugely positively. It's, it is a great privilege to be part of the Teachers Talk Radio family, to get the positive um, feedback and comments that I get quite often, even when I think it's been a complete disaster and the tech has gone horrendously. The, the amount of support we get is tremendous. So again, I've got a little bit of gratitude going on there. Really, really enjoy um, doing some shows and putting some things together. I asked myself that question, what's the worst that could happen when I first started taking part in Teachers Talk Radio? And, you know, that whole whole thought there, people might think what I do is not very good. Well, I enjoy doing it. So I'm going to, you know, that's that's one way of taking that spin and just thinking, OK, they all think that it's awful. That is the worst that can happen. But I enjoy doing it. So that for me, that's OK right now. And again, that's really a good and interesting way to think, I think. So I, I enjoy being part of this. I, as well, just thinking about some of the things that I have immense gratitude for that I really enjoy. I still enjoy getting in and working in schools. And I really enjoy the fact that that my work, my role now, does sometimes get me there in the front line and to either be on the gate talking to parents, talking to families, or actually in the classroom, or working with current teachers and current school leaders is such a privilege. So, you know, I talked tonight about some of those great people that I've been facilitating, I've been coaching through MPQH. What a privilege to to get to work with people like that and to hear about how their challenges are going. And one of the things that I really like about working with people in schools is seeing them solving some of their own problems and sorting things out and facing immense challenges. And, you know, I have huge respect for people that are working in the front line in schools at the moment. And, you know, we're not denying it is tough, but teachers are doing such an amazing job. And I want to do everything that I can do to get that message out there to go, actually, you know, teachers are great students children are learning so so well and there are so many amazing schools doing such a brilliant job at the moment I just I think we can't get that message out there strongly enough so that's that for me is a couple of bits of of gratitude and also just a a bit of a thought there about how to think more positively and how not to catastrophize Thank you so much, everybody. We've heard the benefits of positive thinking. We've heard some great things about why teaching is such a great job. And I hope you'll take some of my thoughts there about how we can reframe our thinking and train ourselves to think more positively. 
from me tonight um, on the Friday Night Twilight Show. I'd just like to thank everybody who's contributed your quotes that you've sent to me. If you've joined us this evening, thank you. It's been amazing to hear uh, from you and to hear your thoughts. And I look forward to seeing you next time. Good night. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.